What's going on, babe? What are you doing over there? I'm texting Julie Hoskins. She's actually asking about one of the episodes. Oh, I was going to say, I think between you and I, if we ever expect to become super hosts, <laughs> we've got a long way to go based on the state of this house right now. Yeah, this looks pretty bad. This looks pretty bad. So we're about to start an episode where we're talking about Airbnbs and we're going to shit talk a bunch of people, but look at how hypocritical we are. But I'm not Airbnb, okay? So it's not like I'm putting it up on an Airbnb. Oh, I know. The renters are coming, hon. Tick-tock, tick-tock. It'll be fun. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Hey, listeners. Ever wonder what it would be like to sell everything and travel the country at the tender age of 50? Well, with our last kid off to college and the ability to now work remotely, we've decided to do just that. So we're selling the house, loading up the dog, and hitting every city from California to Florida. We're scouring the country for a new place to call home and dragging you into every restaurant, Airbnb, and tourist trap we encounter along the way. This is the Skip Town All-Stars podcast. Welcome, Skip Town All-Star listeners. Is that how you normally start the show? <laughs> no. How do you normally start the show? Because you do it so well. Go oh ahead, you start. God. What's up, All Stars? Welcome to another amazing episode <laughs> of Skip Town All Stars. Yep. Right, now you can go. Hi, how are you? That's it. That's your that's <laughs> that's your follow up. All right. So um, we are here today to talk to you about something that we have mentioned in several of our podcasts, which is... Sweet romance. No. We're here to talk about the difference, in our opinion, of hotels versus Airbnbs and why when we are traveling on the road, we pick one over the other. Or as I like to say, how not to get nut punched on your way to Tuscaloosa. Go on. Okay, so um, we have mentioned several times um, our Airbnb experiences, and we've said on, um, you know, again, other occasions, we're going to do an episode just about Airbnbs and hotels. Um, what's the difference? What makes us decide which one we're going to do? Which one do we think you should do? So we're here to actually do that episode. Are you excited? I am excited. You've been talking about doing this for a long time. So yeah, I'm pretty... Uh... I'm pretty glad we're finally at a place where we have uh, enough good and bad experiences to share. Yeah. I would say that, um, honestly, you are, we talked about this a little bit with our Yelp algorithm and how you're really good at picking out um, restaurants with, with the Yelp algorithm. I would say that you're also fairly good. I would not give you the same accolades that you have with restaurants as with Airbnbs. But there are always caveats involved as to why you pick the Airbnbs that you do. But we both collectively will decide whether or not we're going to do an Airbnb or a hotel um, on our adventure. And then you will usually be the one to pick the Airbnb. Um, I would say- I like, need to I, respond to that. Respond to what? That accusation. No, you don't need to respond because yeah, it's, I do. it's accurate. No, that my Airbnb is not as good as my Yelp algorithm. Okay. What do you want to say about it? I'd say you might be right <laughs> in this case. Wait, say that again? <clears throat> Wait, say that again? I said what I said. No, say that. I want to hear it again. I said what I said. 
That, that was hard to spit out, wasn't it? No, it's true. We had a couple bad, bad places that we stayed at. Roswell, as humorous as it was for all of our listeners, uh, that one. That's dong. That's like, that's the, that's the premier Airbnb snafu right there. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, um, I am not great at picking out restaurants. I've been pretty good at Airbnbs, but I've had my fair share of, um, of fails on restaurants. So I think we're even, you've had a few fails on Airbnbs. I've had some fails on restaurants. I think we're okay. Um, okay. Let's get right into what makes us decide whether or not we're going to pick a hotel or an Airbnb for our stay. Some stays are three days in a, in a certain location. Some stays are 24 hours. So why don't you tell everyone like kind of what we talk about when we're in the car? Uh, okay. So, well, first off, the one thing we talk about and that we found out throughout the course of our travels is that if you're staying anywhere for less than two nights, you're a dope if you book something on Airbnb. Unless it's a weekend getaway and you found a really killer spot. Um, and you want to do something special for your lady friend. Or have a party, which a lot of places don't allow you to do. But if you're going to split a, say, $700 uh, Airbnb in Tuscaloosa the night before the game with four of your friends, that's a pretty good deal, right? Yes. So, agreed. Or if you're going to do a beach house for a weekend with another couple, then yes. But why would you be a dope otherwise? Because you get drummed with taxes, cleaning fees, other fees. Oh, I forget well, all the how fees. How about the Airbnb fee? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, all kinds of fees on different. Airbnb. Like Airbnb has its own fee. Then you have the cleaning fee and then you have taxes. So you have three. I fees. said fees multiple. Okay, so classify ahead. them however you want. Okay. But the bottom line being you're paying at least $100 over what you would pay at a hotel. Um, if you're just traveling through somewhere like we did with plenty of cities, I, I would say um, it's really not economical to get an Airbnb unless it's like one of those mountainside camper retreats or something like that that's you know pretty fairly priced and you know you're still going to pay a few fees, uh, but you just want to wake up and see the tops of pine trees in the morning, then it's kind of worth it. I mean, each place has its own nuance. Um, but the one thing I will say is that I definitely found that I just never realized before, because whenever we did a weekend getaway, you just thought you were going to plan, uh, you were, you were just planning on spending that money anyway. Right. But when you're in the middle of a road trip, that stuff adds, starts to add up quickly. And that's like one less experience you get to enjoy because you're getting drummed on these little fees. So it's my true. advice for the roadie is if you're going to go to like multiple places in multiple states or cities or whatever, um, and you're only going to stay a day here, a day there, uh, just, you know, find a little boutique hotel or something like that. It's going to be less money, still have a little bit of charm than staying at a Holiday Inn Express or whatever. And, you know, yeah, uh, but for us, we picked up along the way. We ended up staying at a lot of Holiday Inn Expresses, so that's not totally like, you know, accurate on our travel because we did stay in a lot of corporate hotels. And from my experience, yeah, I'm and saying if you want a special, like, I don't, 
What do you mean that's not accurate? Like I'm saying, if you want something with a little character, stay in a boutique rather than an Airbnb. If you're only going to stay there for a day or two, yeah, that was my point. We have we found that for us, we didn't even stay in boutique hotels in our no, travels. No, well, we're we shooting. Did, we have a dog, right. and we were shooting a podcast, so it helped to have the extra space of a residence in or a home to or whatever the hell it's called. Um, okay, so let's. But I'm just talking like if it just like. Most of our listeners are just planning a road trip. So if it's just the two of them or three of them or whatever it is, and you get a couple queen beds in an Airbnb, like you're like, okay, we don't want to stay at corporate hotels per okay. se. Okay. But okay. Then we could talk about that. Why? Like, so the difference between a corporate hotel and a boutique hotel. Okay. Let's talk. We're talking about hotels right now. So you're talking about a boutique hotel if you're going for a weekend and you want to do something special. When would you go to a corporate hotel? That's my question. Like for you. I didn't I didn't say that though. I said if you want places with character, no matter how you're traveling. I'm saying if you're on a road trip and you want places with character, so you're stopping at six cities doing a road trip. Yeah. You can find cool uh boutique sort of bed and breakfasts or boutique hotels to stay in those six cities. Almost inevitably, if you don't want to, and, and you're going to pay a hundred dollars less a night than if you just stay in one Airbnb. Oh, this Airbnb is cool. Yeah, great. But when you finally add up all the fees, number one, we may not be the only ones staying in this place, which we'll get to. And number two, uh, now we're paying all these fees. It's one hundred and fifty dollars more than you know the cottage inn or whatever the hell it is in a local town. So I'm just saying for like discerning um, uh, guests. If you really want something that's still with character and you want to avoid a corporate hotel, it's possible to do that and still, you know, you'll still get a bit of character in that stuff as if you were staying in an Airbnb in your own space. That's true. I would say that that's absolutely true for Santa Fe. We ended up staying in a local hotel and it was cute as can be, beautiful, cute little courtyard. And it was Adobe, um, like, I don't even know what it was because it wasn't a hotel. It was like Adobe houses that we got to ourselves, and we were there for about five days. But here's the difference that I have recognized while being on the road. Boutique hotels are great. Um, you get a very much a feel of where you are. Usually someone local is working the front desk, but you don't get like a washer and dryer on premises a lot. And you no. don't get a breakfast in the morning. Now, Breakfast in the morning may not be important for some people. It's not necessarily important for me. James loves like going down, getting some coffee, and if they have some fruit, he'll do that. So for him, he enjoys the free breakfast. I don't get up early enough to partake in the breakfast, truth be told. So breakfast ends at nine usually, and I'm just still in bed. So with that being said, you know, you're going to... um get a feel of the area and be in a really cute boutique hotel, but you may not have the amenities that a corporate hotel has, which if you're like us and you're on the road for some period of time, you may want to once in a while go to a corporate hotel. So even in our travels, we did spend um, evenings in local hotels, but we also spent quite a few evenings in corporate hotels, that being like James said, like a home a home away, which allows a dog. Um, we've done a Hilton. We've done a Marriott. We've, I, I don't think we've done, oh, we did a Hyatt. So we've done the major, we, we've done Holiday Inn Express even. Um, 
And what we've gotten from those are breakfast in the morning, washer and dryer, and generally like a pretty decent area to park your car, really well-lit um, parking lots. Uh, and the rooms are generally pretty darn spacious. Yeah. So, you know, you can poo-poo corporate hotels because they all look the same, but guess what? That really appeals to a lot of people. And it really did appeal to us too, because while we were on the road, we would say things to each other like, oh, okay, there's a home away here. We've been there before. We know what it looks like. And as much as like, you know, you're going to bash, oh, they're all the same. That's what appealed to us. Like we knew what we were getting. We were going to get a kitchen. We were going to get a sitting area and we were going to get like a really, um, you know, big bathroom. And so, um, as boring as a corporate hotel can be in the, in the terms of like aesthetics and it doesn't have a lot of character and, you know, the travelers are coming and going and you don't really get a feel for the locals. There is something to be said about the space you get and the consistency of the hotel. Check-in is really super easy. You know, they have a breakfast, you know, they have, like I said, a well-lit parking lot. So for us, when we did hotels, I would say 70% of our hotels were corporate-based hotels. But a lot of that was driven by the fact that we were traveling with a pet. It's true. And a lot of the bed and breakfasts or smaller hotels Didn't uh, allow will pet. not allow pets. Yes. So, or if they did, they were super junky places. Okay, that is true. So if you're not so that traveling- was a huge, that was a huge factor in a lot of the places we picked. Agreed. Because we both agree that if we weren't traveling with Roxy, our first choice would always be a, a boutique hotel. And we did that like the very, actually the very first hotel that we got in Santa Rosa was a cute little art hotel. I mean, that was adorable. Yeah, that the was, art house. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't corporate at all. Super cute. Um, the two hotels in Washington weren't corporate. Those and that were room was cute. massive. It was the biggest hotel room we stayed in the entire run. It was like a thousand square feet. I swear it was yeah, so big. It was big. So all of that to say, he is correct. And I said that he is correct. Uh, we normally would stay in a boutique hotel when we're sans dog. Yeah, so, we wouldn't. There are a lot of places we picked that we would not have picked if we but didn't still, have the dog. Like, when I look back on it, like all those hotels were just fine and they accommodated yeah, our dog and you got your free breakfast. So, um, I'm, I was totally fine with those. I know, but let's be clear. Like those breakfasts are nothing, like that's not the driving force. No, it's me. not. Like, but those look, things, okay. those breakfasts are nothing to like, right? I don't like, I know, in fact, but- the only time I ever drank coffee at one of those places was. Oh, that's thunder. Is that thunder? Yeah. Wow. The only time I got coffee at those places was when I had to get in a car and drive you know, X amount of miles to find a cup of coffee somewhere else. Yes. But the point is, is that you could go down there and get a cup of coffee. Yeah. It's a nice and benefit and plenty of people take, you know, but- You I'm, did it more than once. I had to. Yeah. I had no choice. I mean, okay, it's not the, like we were, like in Vancouver, I could walk the dog and get a cup of coffee. We we're staying right on the pier. There were a hundred little restaurants. Yeah, but I know there are some areas that are harder to find a coffee shop Yeah, I mean, shop Sedona, we were on the very edge of town. Yeah. It's spread out in one big strip anyway. And after the second morning there, I was like, I'm not getting in the car to drive to like mediocre coffee. So yeah, the third morning I drank the hotel swill. Um, okay, so here's my question because you seem to be negating like everything I'm saying right now. So here's my question to you. If you had to pick between an Airbnb or a corporate hotel with a mediocre breakfast, what would you pick for I one would night? Pick for one night? Yeah. 
I, I, it's clear what, what I would pick. I mean, look at our look at our transactions. We pick corporate hotels, okay, almost every single time. But I'm just saying the driving force behind that was one of two factors: either we didn't want to the the Airbnbs were so overpriced with the fees for one night to stay in that particular area, mm-hmm. or we were just passing through. And we felt like doing some laundry. Like, I definitely agree with that. Like, there were places we stayed at where it was like, oh, you can do laundry here. Mm-hmm. And not having to go to laundromat for the past 20 years, um, laundry is quite expensive. It is. So we uh, obviously did laundry at several hotels we were in when we were not at an Airbnb that had a washer and dryer. And boy, was it expensive. I think it was like one place was $4 for a load to wash and $2 to dry. So I was just like going through quarters like crazy. Yeah. It was like six bucks a load most of the time, right? Yeah. Something like that. Um, Santa Fe was definitely cheaper at that, um, hotel, but, um, so, okay. So let's go back to why we do what we do. So you had said that if it's going to be one night, we generally always picked a hotel because the fees for a one night in an Airbnb, the fees for a one night in an Airbnb was just way too expensive to do a one night. Most of the time, I would say definitely in most big cities, Mm -hmm. Uh, the Seattle's, the Salt Lakes, the, um, Sedona's. Yeah. Sedona's um, not a big city, but it's a popular destination. Yeah. I mean, those Airbnbs were astronomical. They were. Even, I think we stayed there, what, two days, something like that? Three? Three. Yeah. Um, but man, uh, in terms of being able to shoot a podcast, that particular place we stayed at, uh, was magnificent. Um, in Sedona? Yeah. Yeah, it was really big. It was good for what it was. I mean, it was what was it? A residence in by Marriott or something yeah, like that? Yeah, something like that. It had a nice sitting room, a <clears> kitchen, <throat> like a full kitchen with a stove. Yeah. Um, the bedroom area was was decent size. The the bathroom was big. We had, yeah, it was a good place. Yeah. Uh, so, so when we go for one night, we will generally pick a hotel over an Airbnb because of the fees. Yeah. Now, if we're going to go two nights... That's a little tricky. Um, That's the gray area. It is the gray area. Okay. So I think, you know, you're going to correct me if I'm wrong. It's generally, we base it on location and what our next destination is and what we want to do in our next destination. So that will give us uh, an idea of, do we want to like bite the bullet and spend money on this Airbnb? Or do we want to just stay in a hotel, a corporate hotel, or a regular hotel and save a hundred dollars a night? Um, so, if we're traveling to a really great destination that we're we're headed to and we're halfway and we're stopping, my thought generally is, my thought generally is, let's just stay at an average hotel because we're on our way to a great destination. Like for us, Waco was a cool destination we had been talking about. Yeah. So we knew we were going to stay That's there. That's a great example. And we knew that we wanted to um, really partake in like the city and be there for a few days. So if we're going to stop halfway before we get to Waco um, and stay somewhere, it's not going to be an expensive hotel because we really want to spend our money in Waco. But so that that point, we won't, we will not stay at an Airbnb for two nights. We will stay at a moderately priced hotel for two nights. And then we'll like spend our money in Waco. Now, if the destination is quite far and it takes a couple of overnights to get us there, sometimes we will stay in 
a nice hotel or an Airbnb if we've done two stops that were just mediocre. Am I correct? Yeah, I would say, um, especially the pendulum swings when, uh, when, like, so we had that really not great stay in Oregon when we were taking Ellie up and then we ended up staying at the St. Edward's Lodge, mm-hmm. uh, which was, so, I mean, I can't, it was, it was expensive, but it was so worth it. Uh, just being on the property and everything. Um, so yeah, I would say when we have, when we have to make those tough choices and, you know, as a couple, again, going back to like, we stayed at plenty of places, which would not have been our first choice. Um, because we had a pet because, you know, we had the gear, we couldn't stay, you know, I couldn't do street parking because I had equipment in my car. So, uh, so I, cool hotels we would have normally stayed at that maybe had street parking. or even Airbnbs. Remember I had to cancel, like when we were back in LA, I had to cancel the Airbnb in Seattle. Yeah, Remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because the parking situation was an issue. Well, there's plenty of street parking. I'm like, okay, great. Well, I'm not lugging my gear up every mm-hmm. day. So, um, so, you know, all that said, um, I would say we we stayed at places we would not necessarily have stayed. I think our next road trip, are we taking it with the dog? I think so. Oh, well, then never mind. It's going to be all but the same. But my point was, is that but, like if we're traveling for two days, let's get yeah. back on that. If we're traveling for two days and it takes three, like it's almost three days to get to the really big destination that we want to get to. And my experience with you is that like those two days, it just sort of depends. Like- Sometimes we'll stay at a really nice place one of the days and the other days we'll slum it in a nice yeah. place. It would still be a hotel. Um, we hardly ever did an overnight at an Airbnb. Airbnbs, even if it was two nights, like we're in the gray area of two nights and we're traveling to a destination and it's going to take us a few days to get to that destination. On this trip, we still stayed at hotels most of the time, although there were a few Airbnbs you threw in there for two night stays. But from my recollection, it was only because we've been staying in mediocre hotels. Yeah, definitely. You know? so like, like after after like- one or two stays. Yeah, I agree. There was definitely a reward factor. I'd say all in all, I mean, if I really had to sum up from a cost standpoint, what I wanted to do everywhere we stayed was just average it out to 200 to 250 a night for the entire trip. You know, so if you add it up, I think I went over that. I mean, honestly, I think it was more in the 250 to 300 range, Okay, believe it or not. But, um, and I know that sounds really, really expensive. Like, oh my it gosh, does. It, it is expensive, but you also have to think about like, I don't know, like if you have an RV, you know, you're, 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 you paid a ton of money for this RV, you know, the RV started like what, like $150,000. And you're paying an overnight at the RV park. Chances are, if you averaged out your stay with an RV, you're probably averaging on the cost that you paid for it and the rental of the um, the space in the RV park somewhere around one fifty to two hundred dollars, maybe. Um, obviously, if you're camping, it's a completely different story. If you only have a limited amount of money and you're in a minivan and you're doing the van life thing and you're only staying at like Motel Eights. Is it Motel 8 or Motel 6? Motel 6. Okay. Well, you're staying at a Motel It's Super 8. Super 8. Okay. So if you're staying at like that type of hotel, that's a different trip. I mean, that's a completely different trip. We're not talking about that. We're talking no. about experiences. So It's a different show too. I mean, 100%. we're not the podcasters you should be listening to if you want that sort of rough and tumble adventure. Um, that's not the type of trip that we wanted to do. And we talked about this 
from the very first episode yeah. that like we wanted a cool experience in our travels. So, um, so yes, 200 to 250 sounds like a lot of money and it sounds like a lot of money because it is a lot of money, but we also like, there were things that paid off for us, meaning that, um, you know, outside of like Seattle, which was very difficult for the dog, most of the time there was a really nice area for the dog to walk around in and go to the bathroom. Usually those hotels have those kinds of areas nearby that yeah. you can walk to. Um, again, parking lots were very lit. Um, we know what we're getting when we walk in the door. So for us personally, it was worth the money because it was a peace of mind. Um, also, when you're spending that kind of money on an Airbnb, you generally know what you're getting. It is the same as a hotel. If you, It kind of is, yeah. yeah. So if you do the algorithm right, meaning if you know what to look for, you're going to get a really good experience for your money. So why don't you talk about like what you do with Airbnbs because you kind of, you really, you do, I mean, look, you've had a couple of misses, but you generally yeah. have a really good, um, you've had a really good like stretch on, overall. So I did like, better toward the end for and sure. And you do have a cap. Like you'll say to me, like there have been times when we were traveling where I'll say, oh, why didn't you get this one? And he'll, and he'll have said, he will have said, oh, well, I looked in the area and there's no way I'm going to spend $160 because this area really owes only a $125 area. Yeah. And so explain like when we decide to do an Airbnb, it's generally if we're doing a three-night stay, yeah. although we did talk about treating ourselves if we're going to do a two-night stay. And that's only if uh -huh. we've like stayed at like mediocre hotels along the way or just had really long, you know, like just, I don't know, we're just tired and we want to stay in a place where we can do our laundry that's easy because um, there's, you know, laundry right in the house. So let's talk about like, this is a good one, Louisville, Kentucky. Why did you pick an Airbnb for that? Because it kind of coincides with what I'm saying right now, but I want you to reiterate why you picked an Airbnb. Uh, I picked that particular Airbnb. Or just, oh, why, why did, did I pick an Airbnb for Louisville? Because yeah. uh, we were there three or four days. Um, so that was kind of an yeah, easy we were decision. There five days and yeah. four nights. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of an easy decision. Uh, we knew, I didn't know, I picked also an Airbnb because I didn't know if. Like I, Ellie was traveling for volleyball. I didn't know if she was allowed to stay with us or what. Like we didn't know the team rules. Um, she's a freshman. We have no idea. And so uh, I wanted to make sure that uh, that place, I think actually, did that place have a fold out? I don't know. It had a couch that I could crash on if she wanted to stay and she could have slept with you. But um, uh, the biggest reason I picked it was because A, it was affordable. B, all of the rooms I'm sorry, all of the reviews said that it had been upgraded recently. And C, it was right near the University of Louisville campus. So I thought that particular location would be a good indicator for us looking ahead to real estate and investment properties and all that other stuff. Like this would be an area that we would probably have our bullseye on if we wanted to stay, if we wanted to buy something in Louisville, Kentucky one day. So, but so when. It's over a three-day, <clears throat> over a two-day stay. We always generally look at Airbnbs we first. We do. Yeah, first. we definitely do. Okay. But then there there have been times, like when we were in Sedona, it didn't work out. We were there for three days. I think we were there three yeah. nights, four days, and we couldn't get an Airbnb because it was astronomical. Yeah, it was insane. So generally, you so you looked at an Airbnb first because you knew we were going to be there for four nights and five days, and then- 
when you saw the prices, my guess is you, because I didn't do anything with Louisville. So, I mean, I literally just showed up. So you did all the work. Like you looked at the hotels, Airbnbs. So yeah. generally, so were the Airbnbs I really didn't even look at hotels. hotels. I mean, there were okay. plenty of Airbnbs to choose from. Okay. So uh, I just Perfect. happened to pick this one because everybody said, you know, on in the reviews, it had been redone. I would say, I mean, it was... It was a little overpriced for what we got. There was, you know, uh, they still need to do some upgrades. Let's just say it like that. Okay, they, so the upgrades they did were cheap, you know. What makes you decide to stay at an Airbnb? What do you look at in the reviews? Talk about that. And how many reviews do they have to have? All of that. Um, definitely more than five. Okay. Uh, Ten. It, probably somewhere in that range. Um, if 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 it's got more than ten reviews, then I would say that's a pretty good indicator. Uh, frankly, I, you know, I used to look to see if they're super hosts. I think that term is so overused, and I think it's bullshit. Okay, why explain? Because we can definitely go into that. So tell me what um, what is a super host to begin? I with? just I think like, somebody can a be a host? super host if they own two or three great properties and three really crappy ones. You know, okay. So, I actually thought a super host. I really thought the definition of a super host on Airbnb had nothing to do with how many properties they owned. I really thought it was someone who hosted very well. Am I wrong? It's numbers. I believe it's numbers. It's like uh, so people have, have hosted. They, they've gotten enough good reviews on their properties. Okay, but you're saying a super host has to have has to have more than one property. That's not no. The I'm, case. I didn't say that. I didn't say that at all. You said they have to have properties. No, I didn't. I said a lot of super hosts will. A lot of super hosts that I've encountered along this trip have had multiple properties. Uh, they have some really good ones and they have some really bad ones. It, I didn't say it was mandatory. Okay, so it's not I did mandatory. Not say that. So a super host is basically someone that has over. I think it's got to be over. It's like X amount of reviews, positive right? reviews. Yeah, yeah it's got to be know, like over whatever 15. their rule is. I don't know. I don't. Know. You may know. I don't know. I don't know what Let's makes. Look it up. I don't know what makes them super hosts. What okay, makes them because super I think it's got to be over 15 reviews, but we've stayed at plenty of places where someone was listed as a super host and it wasn't a super experience. So um, back in the day, like just even a couple of years ago, if someone was listed as a super host, you could very well anticipate walking into the house and it looking exactly like the pictures and it being a really great experience. And you could have like a basket of candy or maybe like some fresh, you know, um, flowers there or bottled water. Like that was always what the definition yeah, it was of a, a quality super- hosting experience. Okay. That okay, has not ready? been our Here, Here's what makes them a maintain a response rate of 90% or higher, maintain a cancellation rate of 1% or less allowing for exceptions to fall under Airbnb's extenuating circumstances, maintain a 4.8 overall rating, complete a minimum of 10 trips or three reservations totaling over 100 nights. So basically all you have to do, okay, so all you have to do is stay in the game and get some good reviews. So how many does it review says? It says 100 nights. That's a lot. Complete a minimum of 10 trips or three ve- reservations. Three reservations to- is nothing. 100 nights. Three reservations is nothing. 100 nights is a lot. But they're saying 10 trips or three reservations. Those are the minimums. Or three reservations. Yeah, so you can't just have one person come and stay for 100 nights and give you a super host rating. 100 nights? You got to be kidding me. Yeah. No way. There's this like- So that's what that's what I'm saying. It's the super host uh, no. category. 
plays into those who have multiple properties. So if I have two pristine properties that you know, continually. And then I have like two other properties at a different price point and they all continually give like different price point. Like somebody will come in and, you know, not have huge expectations and be like, yeah, this place is, uh, you know, five, 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 or my friend stayed here. Or like, look at Roswell. I mean, they had uh, an incredible rating. We were the only ones who kind of squawked a little bit and I didn't even like really get after them on my review. And then later on, one of our listeners, Stacy, uh, came to us and said, Hey, by the way, they have multiple properties. So that's why their rating was so good. It's because they, they now no joke. They had like almost every single rating on the property on the Roswell house that we stayed in with the printed crap all over the walls uh-huh. that, you know, scared the shit out of you Uh um the double house yes um that place alone was part of a bigger renting franchise uh that these super hosts had so it could be that we stayed in the worst of their properties you understood but they had like a hundred nights worth of people staying there so they got their super host rating they had a minimum of three guests they had tons of guests but you have to have a 4.8 and above so it wasn't just so they still had to maintain that it's odd because hearing that makes it very odd for me to wrap my head around how some of the places we've stayed in they're super hosts and okay I know what you're saying. Okay, the hundred nights, the three reservations, la 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 la. Whatever. It's a numbers game. No, it has no. It has. But you still have to have a four point eight. You, you do still. But you also, if you market correctly to the right people, you can you can market a crappy place at a great price point, and four guys come in there, kill a case of beer one night, and leave the next day, and they're like, "She was great. She left us the hell alone." That's a five You know. So that's one rating. I'm just saying. Okay, so if would you, you say- if you target your price point? to the actual clientele who's going to stay in your Airbnb, you can get that 4.8 rating. Okay. You could be right. So here's my question then for travelers like us who aren't killing a case of beer and just want to be left alone, but we actually want to have a nice, peaceful experience. You got to look at the photos for starters. And do you think price point makes a difference? Uh, I definitely think price point makes a difference. The the reason we stumbled and failed in Roswell was because it was only eighty bucks for the night. Okay, so where do you where do you draw the line? Like, where do you say in your head, ooh, like that that's too little. Like, we're gonna get a Roach Motel. Like, like what do, what do you do? Because I know what I do. Um, I have a number. What is your number? Oh, my number is probably one hundred and fifty a night. Okay, that's my number. But I've gotten really great places for one hundred and thirty nine. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, re- that townhouse in Utah was 139 and it was phenomenal. Yeah. It was huge. You actually told the guy to raise his prices. I did tell him to raise his prices. Okay, so that's a case gets, in point. He gets crappy renters and then they make it bad for good renters. Yeah, the second time we stayed there, uh, which was, you know, I guess our last episode when we interviewed the girls, um, the second time we stayed there, we noticed changes already in there. Uh, there were burn marks on the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, all of a sudden, there was a pet basket and a big note to clean up after your dog. So but, he'd obviously had people staying in there. They obviously the rug had was gone. Stay. Remember the area? The rug, rug you was gone. That. I didn't yeah, even it was it. like somebody had an animal that they didn't clean up after, and they were disrespectful with the furniture. Yeah, and kids burnt crayons on the table or whatever the hell happened there. I have no idea what happened there. Um, you know, they dropped their crack pipe. I have no idea, but, um, could be, you that, know, cause Utah has problems. 
we talked about that in one of the, our episodes that Utah has problems with their crimes. Uh, everyone, so yeah, could everywhere a, has problems. Could be a crack pipe. Um, okay, so go ahead. Um, but yeah, he's a great case in point. I mean, it, it, it kind of is surprising that some people can keep a 4.8 because the anecdote he told you was that he had somebody ding him uh, in the ratings because they threw a party that they weren't allowed to throw in his house and he didn't have enough toilet paper to accommodate the 30 people they had in his house. That is true. They gave so, a bad rating because you know, of it. it does. I mean, it is hard. I'm, I guess I shouldn't say it's easy to keep a 4.8, but I'm saying if you're smart and, you know, you uh, are responsive, it says, you know, you've got a 90% response rate, which means every time somebody says, oh, we clogged the toilet, then you at least reply to them and say, oh, okay, there's a plunger in the thing or whatever. And if it's not working in the morning, just, you know, don't flush it again. Just let me know and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, so you know. when you say that the photos are helpful, have you gotten an Airbnb with us yet ever where you, it didn't look like the photos? Yeah. Roswell. Oh, um, there are the photos. photos, there are, there are photos, but, uh, it was made to look more like your classic farmhouse than oh. when we walked in. Okay. It was not, they called it an Adobe. It wasn't an Adobe. No, it was just a track home. It was. It was, it was a track home. It was a pole barn. Okay. That's what it was. What is that? It's a, it's a farm term. What if does that mean? All my Midwestern friends will know what that means. It's basically uh, poles with plywood painted and you park a tractor inside. That's oh, what it was. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it I wasn't a far a, cry. I mean, it had the salt, right. it had the saltillo tile, saltillo tile. And then, um, and then it just had a bunch of like ancient furniture. You know, which is fine. I mean, there was supposed to be some sort of allure there or whatever, but really in the end, it was like, oh my gosh, like how old are these sheets we're sleeping on? Totally. You know? Um, But besides that, Roswell, has there ever been another Airbnb where you looked at the photos and we got there? You're like, oh, this was not what- West Seattle. Yeah. It did not, it was not represent. Okay. So this gets into one of my other beefs. We had that downstairs, which I knew it was downstairs- Apartment. Oh, that was a that was a basement apartment. We, when they say basement apartment, hun, it's a basement apartment. Well, I don't know what yeah. you were expecting. No, no, I I knew it was a basement apartment. What I didn't know was how small it was. Like, it was pretty small for the price that we paid. Basement apartments are always small, so that I knew. I guess, but I'm saying you would expect it to be the footprint of the house. And it felt like there wasn't somebody on the other side of the basement from us. It wasn't like two basement apartments, but it felt like it. It was really small. Um, okay. I don't know. That's uh, basement apartments. So that, I know it was exactly what it should have been. Okay. We agree to disagree. <laughs> okay. So that but the was- the dog had a yard and, you know. So it was smaller than you anticipated. Yeah. Okay. It didn't reflect the photos at all. Oh, so, that's different. Yeah, okay. I really didn't feel like I, when we got there, I was like, huh. Okay. You know? All right. But at that point, we had spent an astronomical amount of money at St. Edward's Lodge. And then at, what was the name of the hotel we stayed at in the city? I forget the name of I it. I want to say the Thompson, but it wasn't It wasn't the Thompson. I don't know. Yeah. It was It was a nice, it was a boutique hotel. Yeah. I don't know the name of it. It's um, been so long. It's, it's back like, in the Seattle yeah, episode. Go listen forever. to it. <laughs> um, but so. the thing with that, okay, so then when you think about Airbnbs and what you're getting, Okay. So, and this is common in so many, just like anything in life, like you're going to get something, but you're not going to get everything. So let's use the West Seattle. It was small, 
but there was a huge backyard. We yeah. had a washer and dryer and the neighborhood was fantastic. Like it was. we walked around the entire neighborhood. We went to the local bar at the corner and had dinner. I mean, yeah. I we went and had smoothies at the vegan place down this like the vegan smoothie place because you know it's Seattle and they have vegans everywhere. Yeah. And so um yeah, so what we gave up in space, we gathered or gained, sorry. What we gave up in space, we gained in um in like um What's the comfort, word? Like, comfort, like, like um, just like aesthetics. We gained in aesthetics. Like everything around us was easy, nice to look at and easy to get to. Yeah, I didn't have to take the dog six flights down on the on the hotel elevator anymore to go to the bathroom. She had a yard. She was really happy. And, you know, um, in the morning I could just like open the door, let her out, and then she'd come back in, you know? Yeah. And so that had its advantages. The parking sucked there, but you know, the just the description of the place warned us like the parking sucks. It didn't though. Um we had a space, but you oh, had to God. share it with the other person. No, but the street parking was always very good. We got really oh so lucky. It was we, fine, but um we always parked in the they front. said there the the driveway will fit two cars oh. and it would, but you had to have somebody really conscientious staying in the upper uh yeah. Airbnb uh to be able to get both cars in the driveway. Yeah, that so, wasn't accurate at all. But the street parking I was still was- slepping gear, which is, you know, in that to that end, we could have stayed at the condo back in the city that I canceled way back when. So it was an okay decision. I'm glad we got out of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um it was good to also get out of the city city. Mm-hmm. Um like you said, there was a great neighborhood, a couple really great coffee shops there. Yeah, um, we walked around, we walked everywhere. Yeah. And um it did feel like a little bit of decompression. Like Ellie was already settled at school Mm -hmm. and we were still there in the city, but it felt like uh, we were actually prepping. We had to shoot an episode, but we were prepping to uh, begin our actual journey at that point. So that felt good to have a little bit of space. And uh, it was a cool part of town. No lie. It was, it was good. West Seattle's cool. I hope they open up the bridge and it doesn't take you 45 minutes to get there anymore. Um, There was a closed bridge that really was cumbersome to, you know, get back into the city. One of the things too, that I think we both do when looking for Airbnbs uh, is that sometimes we'll go further out of the city. So I'm going to use Salt Lake city for an example. Um, There were, we were staying for both visits because we've been there twice now. Both visits were for minimum of three days, minimum. Um, and so we knew that we were going to stay at an Airbnb. Um, looking at Airbnbs in the city, because I wanted to be close to the university, it was very, very expensive. I mean, I thought it was. It was like $200 a night with fees and everything else that come out to like $260. Um, we, we could have bit the bullet and and paid it and be closer to Mia. But then what that would have meant was that we would have had to like maybe cut back on something else. And we knew that being with her, we wanted to have a little more freedom with our money. And like, you know, if she wanted to go to a restaurant that she really liked, we didn't want to have to like worry about like, oh, how expensive is this? So I decided to stay 30 minutes outside the city and that's where we stayed at that fabulous townhouse for like one thirty nine a night. Yeah. And you know what? It ended up being just fine because it was only, I say it was 30 minutes outside the city, but in essence, I think- No, it was some, 20 minutes. It's, yeah. It's a 20 it minute drive. Quick. It was pretty quick. And some days it, it took 20 minutes. If there was traffic, it took 30. But um, it was an easy drive. Uh, we hardly ever hit traffic. And saving that like two, that $100 a night, which was 
you know, for a three night stay, obviously $300, like we used it like for other fun things. So sometimes I'll look at that and I'll see, and I'll think to myself when I'm picking out an Airbnb for our travels, like what's the most important thing here? If, it, if it's comfort and we just want to have a comfortable night's sleep and a comfortable next day, uh, experience, then we'll go more expensive on the Airbnbs. Again, it's got to be about a three night minimum stay, two nights, a gray area, but usually it's a three night for us to pick an Airbnb. Um, but if we want to spend more money, like in the city, we'll definitely go a little further out and pay a little bit less, sometimes a lot less, a hundred dollars. And that does require us to drive a little bit more, but, um, neither one of us really we don't care. Like uh, we're fine with it because we know that money that we saved is going to be spent in that city. Yeah. Now, when I am looking at Airbnbs, I don't even care about a super host anymore because we've gotten boned so many times. Um, there have been super hosts on our adventures during this cross country trip that have legitimately been amazing super hosts. I mean, have the little goodie basket when we get there, the sheets are so soft. They have a Veda hair care products in the bathroom. Like, oh my gosh, like really, really fantastic. And then we've had super hosts that didn't even have a bar of soap. And I'm not lying. Like he had to go out and get like soap for us that they didn't even have a bar of soap. And I would say to him, are they listed as a super host? Like this is insane. And he would say they are. So what used to once be a, um, a filter for me, meaning like I would look to see if, if it was a super host, I completely disregard now. Do you as well? Yeah, I said that already. I mean, I, I I don't look at it at all. Okay, so you really don't. No. Okay, so I don't I either. I could care less. Yeah, so um, when I'm looking at Airbnbs, I generally do pretty much the same thing he does. I'll look at the photos. I do, of well, course. I was going to ask you though, how, like, so um, I'm really I already picky, know though. my number, but do you, do you read reviews and how many do you read? Oh, yeah, of course I read reviews. And I go about five in. Like, I go, I'll go back, like- if we're in the month of September, I'll go back to August. It depends. Like it depends on how many weeks the person was there. Cause sometimes it could just be five reviews. Sometimes it could be seven reviews. I'll go like a month back, but usually I don't know. It's like five to seven reviews. But for me, I always look for a comfy couch. Always. That's true. You do. We discounted a lot of, where do we go? Oh, tons of like tons of places. Recently you were like, no, they don't have a comfy couch. We stayed. Uh, no, we stayed in a hotel. There was one city we. Oh yeah, we. Stayed I know. In I know what you're hotel. saying because it's been very recent, but I just cannot remember it. Um, but yes, for me, it's a comfy couch. Like if you. Okay, here's what's crazy to me. Oh, looking for. Okay, we're going to L.A. at Christmas. That's what it was. Okay. We're looking for houses in God, L.A. I and it's a think. joke. I We've mean, looked for so many. Total joke. Somebody will throw in a love seat. And they'll charge, they want to charge in LA $450 for a love seat and a little TV and, in a living room. Yeah. And, and they'll say it sleeps six and it will, but when they're not in bed, they have nowhere to sit. Yeah. So we had this problem, um, when we went to Colorado right after like 2021. So this isn't part of our skip town, all stars experience, but James and I went to Colorado with my two brothers to visit my mom. Mm-hmm. And, um, I rented a townhouse for us. I knew that the townhouse, it slept 12 people. That's what it said. It only, the couch only fit three. Yeah. So, and it, look, 
I knew that I saw the couch on there and I knew that it only sat three people. Um, I did still bitch about it though. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like you can't rent a place and that place wasn't cheap. You can't rent a place that sleeps 12, but only comfortably sits three at the TV. Like the people on Airbnb have gotten so greedy. So now if I cannot find a place that is really worth like the, what an Airbnb should be when I say worth it, it's like, you're renting a house. So furnish it like you would your own home or don't put it on Airbnb. Like to me, it's insane. I said to James, who is renting these homes with a love seat? Like I don't understand it. And they're still expensive. So like for our trip coming up in LA, we're probably going to have to stay in a hotel because I refuse to rent a place for $400 a night, which is astronomical without a couch that seats at least four people. Like have a couch, have a love seat, have an ottoman. Like it's If you're advertising for six people, you should be able to sit six people in that place. Yeah. So for me, when I'm looking at Airbnbs, I obviously I look at price. Like my price is usually 150 as well a night. Cause I know with fees, it's going to go up to like 175. So I start around 150. Then the next thing I look at is the couch. I look at the furniture in the living room because we're going to be there for three days. And I know he's going to be on the couch watching TV. So it has to be one, a couch that he can fit on because he's tall. (laughs) And two, is it going to be um, comfy? Like, does it look like a piece of crap they got from a secondhand store, which a lot of them do? Yeah, there's tons Something of that. Something has happened with Airbnb. And it's, not, I mean, LA is the worst right now because since we've traveled the country, we've seen really phenomenal Airbnbs. We've seen a few bad ones. But in my research, LA is actually the worst. And they just think, well, you're coming to LA, you have yeah, money, I mean, so they gouge you. A, they're already gouging um, yeah, for, for the sure. holidays kind of thing. They know they can get you uh, if you're come if you're wanting to. You know, a lot of people have Christmas break. They want to go to the West Coast for Christmas or whatever. Go to nicer weather or visit their kids or you know, a lot of kids go to school in Southern California. Maybe the family wants to come see them. You know, I know but James, I I don't think it's price gouging. Like I've talked to you about this when we were looking, I said, I put dates in different times to see if the price changed. It didn't like these people are just greedy. And I think that's what's happening with a lot of probably more city Airbnbs, like, you know, destinations that are popular, like a New York, like an LA, like a Miami, like a Chicago. I mean, we, that, that place you rented in Chicago was dumb and it was not worth the money. And yes, it slept 12 people again in Chicago was too four, six, eight, I remember we would take the cushions ten. off the yeah, couch so ten. we could all sit down. Yeah. We, there, and it had a couch, it slept 10 and had a couch that sat three. Like, so I think in the bigger cities, people just start taking advantage, but you're so stuck because when we left Chicago, for instance, I said to James, it was a waste of money, that Airbnb. And he said, what would you rather have done? And I said, get two hotel rooms. Like, that seats two, four, six, eight. If you get two queen beds, it's eight people. Yes, you're all sh- eight people are sharing two bathrooms. We were sharing two bathrooms. Yeah, in but that it house. never would have worked in that particular trip because we had I friends know. coming. But it's true. But like, it wasn't worth it. And and so that's what we're finding. Like Airbnb used to be like the luxury experience. I mean, really, it was. It was like you're going to go to someone's house. You're going to get a feel of the place. You're going to like be nice and cozy. It's not like that anymore. And no, I can- it's definitely like lost its luster for sure. My biggest squawk about Airbnb is you can 
check a box that says we want the entire place to ourselves. And I just ditched a place in Encino for the holidays yep. because I asked them, I said, hey, uh, this says it's uh, all to ourselves, but um, is like, I'm there was seeing- a, There was a red I saw, flag somewhere. I saw two driveways or something like that. And uh, and I was asking him about parking and he said, oh, you know, there's parking. And somehow it came out that there were renters on the other side, like full-time renters on the yep. other side. I'm like, how does Airbnb do this? Like, it's it's not no, the entire the place to ourselves. Disclose. The person huh? doesn't disclose who's renting it. They're the liars. The owners are not disclosing that there are people on in, on the property. I know, but it's so many places. It comes up in so many filtered searches. I don't know what Airbnb- It's like- like, can they just not keep up with it? It's not the entire place to yourself. I know well, v- VRBO has a whole campaign out right now, like a commercial campaign out right now where it says, if you're staying, if we say you're staying by yourself, you're staying by yourself. And I understand why they're marketing that. Really? Really. I okay. see it during the football game. I have not seen that, but I have to tell you, you're right. Because a lot of reviews. So if you're on Airbnb and there's a, there's a place that you like and you're looking at the reviews and it's a shared space. The owner may not have disclosed it, but I'm telling you, one of the people that stayed there definitely did because there have been plenty of places that I've looked at where I did put the filter, the entire place to myself. And then as I'm reading the reviews, they'll say, oh, well, they didn't tell us that, you know, Harry is staying in the back room on the property or in the guest house on the property. And I'm like, oh, that's such BS. And so, yeah, yeah, so Airbnb that's what I, so to bring it back it. to no, your it's original, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Airbnb is not catching because it's listed in the reviews. Yeah. People are complaining and why those owners are allowed to rent it like that is Airbnb's fault because they're not keeping up with their, um, the owners that are, yeah. that are listing. So to answer your earlier question, uh, completely, that is like the third thing I look for when, I, you know, first I look for the price, obviously, then I look for the area and the photos and all that other stuff. Um, and then the third thing I look for is like, am I sharing this house with somebody? Like, <laughs> I generally I have don't no, even look at that. I have I just no started. interest in, you know, I, I, I just want to, I, I shouldn't say I have no interest because there have been like the one we shared in West Seattle, like we picked that and I knew there was somebody upstairs. Yeah. So it's not like I didn't know that. Um, that owner actually, as much as I was a little underwhelmed with the actual space, um, that owner was super responsive and she's like, just let me know if, you know, they're too loud. They have two little boys upstairs and if they're too loud for you, let us know. And I'm like, well, I don't, they're like little kids. They're going to last until 10 or 11 o'clock and then they'll, you know, faint. And so, and sure <laughs> enough, that's faint, exactly what right. happened. Like, I'm not going to, yeah, it's like, let the, let the little kids have fun. It's fine. We were up anyway, but, um, all that, you know, to say, um, I, I, if I'm going to stay in a shared space with somebody, however it's listed, I just hate the fact that you can list it as, as a separate space, but I just want to know ahead of time. So now it's like in my, before I even book something, I'm just starting to ask, is this, is this a shared space? Oh, see, I never even thought about shared spaces. Honestly, like it doesn't, it doesn't pop up for me until someone writes it in the review. So for me, it's, you know, it's price. Um, it's area. Usually it's usually for me. Okay. Here's how it goes. I pick a place that I like, I pick a city and then I'll, I'll look in the area around it and I'll start looking at how far it is from the city. I'll look at price. Then I go right to aesthetics. Like that's it for me. Like I will look at the furniture. That's it. I go from 
area to price to furniture. And if it looks cozy, then I go to reviews. And I don't even think about shared space until this trip. I have to tell you because yeah. you're the one that clued me in on shared spaces. And um, But still, I don't even look at shared space. If the furniture stinks, I'm not even considering it. So shared space for me, is an, it's like yeah. the bottom of my list. I would say after I find out whether or not Lenny and his four kids are like right on the other side of the wall, mm-hmm. I... Uh, immediately ask like i've just in my intro like i tend to not book them after this trip without asking the three questions uh you know what's the parking situation is this a shared space and what's the wi-fi speed like, oh yeah that's really wi-fi speed is huge yeah, yeah that's especially if i'm working like that was important on the magnolia one and we love that place in utah the midvale uh airbnb um but the Wi-Fi is really crappy there, you know. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it is. Wow. But you know, what are you so, gonna yeah. do? So yeah, so you have he has all Wi-Fi. the everything else about that space is amazing. It's like there's a park right down the street. I can walk the coffee. I can like everything is a win-win-win. The dog is fine there when when she was there. Yeah. But you know, the Wi-Fi, like you said, you can't get everything. I know you can't. Um, you have you know your Wi-Fi. I have my furniture issues. If you want to have everything, just stay home. Just keep your ass 100%. at home. One hundred percent. It's like my girlfriend. <laughs> I used I. I had this friend um, and every time we would go to a restaurant, she would literally like pick the item apart. So if we even went to like, I don't know, like uh, spaghetti, let's say we went to an Italian place. She's like, oh, is it like, what kind of oil is it cooked in? Can I have the sauce on the side? Is it gluten-free noodles? Literally at one point I looked at her and I said, just stay home next time. Like that's the same. So if you want to have everything on your uh, trip, you're never going to have it. It just doesn't, it does not exist, but you can get close. So you have to just be willing to, you know, give up a few other things. So for me, it's comfort. I comfort comes first. Yeah. And I really didn't realize it. Like I was close to booking a place in LA and you were like, let me see that. No, the couch is shitty. And I just, it, had never, even, he, it never even dawned on me how traumatic Chicago was for you. Are you kidding? Until we started looking at it. And then after the sixth couch that you threw away on Airbnb, looking at the LA properties, yep, I was like, I, was like I handed you the laptop. I was like, here you go. I'll be in the kitchen. Let me know. When it you're actually there. wasn't even the Chicago trip that was so traumatic. Colorado started it. I literally emailed them and said, it is my fault. I saw the photos. It's very representative, but can you explain to me how you can rent a condo that sleeps 12, but only sits three? And his answer was basically like, that's just what it is. And the truth was, it was the best condo townhouse, whatever you want to call it, townhouse in that area that we yeah, stayed in. It was. It, was, it was legitimately the best townhouse. So he was kind of like, take it or leave it. And I I took it. Um yeah. and then in you took Chica- it like a champ. <laughs> and then in Chicago. <laughs> we all took it as we sat on the well, we sat at the kitchen table. Yep. And then in Chicago, it was the same thing, but I actually thought in Chicago, I don't know what I was thinking. I really don't. But I thought in Chicago, we can move the downstairs. They had two couches, one downstairs and one upstairs. I thought, well, maybe we'll just move the downstairs couch upstairs, but I didn't didn't dawn on me that the downstairs couch was a sleeper sofa. So no, we're not moving it. And we're on vacation. We're not moving it. So then Chicago was my fault, but Chicago's Airbnb was so bad. And we compl- I complained about it at every single day that I was there about something because it was disgusting and overpriced. They took it 
off the market. I've I've even checked because I want to leave a shitty review and it's still, we're like two years in. No way. It's still off the market. Really? Yeah. Because I wanted to leave a terrible review. It Do was, you think they just rented out to like, because they had, talk about shared spaces, they had like renters on the other side, didn't they? Like there, if you went off that back patio, you shared that space with somebody in the back house. Maybe, uh, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I'd still have to stay at that Airbnb, which was not. It was in a good area. I mean, there was this case. So there you go. So you take the good with the bad. It was in an excellent area. Yeah. We walked everywhere. We walked to Wrigley Field. We walked to the cute little coffee shops, the cupcake shops, boutiques. So yeah. So what we gave up for in comfort, we gained again in aesthetics. So you're not going to have everything. Um, yeah. So it's been, you know, it's been unfortunate that Airbnb has not lived up to what it first was. Yeah. The luster's worn off, like oh, I said. For sure. It's, yeah. not, it's not the bright, shiny object it used to be. It used to be a thrill to like find a new place and book it and all that. But I just think the, the market's been so flooded. They're obviously understaffed, which is ridiculous considering the money they're making on fees, but whatever. Um, you know, they, they're just not policing it anymore like they used to. Yeah, they're just taking all the money. I know it's probably part of the business model to just take all the money and when the complaints arise then deal with them. Like the one guy that I booked with, remember I had to argue with him and mm-hmm. like how to cancel my review. He's like, you just cancel it. You cancel, cancel it. And I'm like, I'm not canceling my reservation. Yeah. He said, well, the place isn't ready. Like the shower's out. Of- I said, then why is it listed? And, and why is it, why do I have the ability to book right away? Mm-hmm. Which is what I did. A huge mistake that I also learned that I'll never do again. Oh, that that was us. in Seattle. Tell us what that means. Like when it says, like a lot of uh, Airbnb, um, hosts or super hosts will have uh, a switch hit that where you can just book it right away. Like you can book immediately. What's the benefit? There's no benefit. benefit? I don't think there's a benefit. I mean, the benefits obviously for convenience, like you don't have to go back and forth or they don't have to approve your booking. Yeah. You don't, they don't have to approve your request. Um, uh, in this particular case, the guy had the thing on the market, had not blacked out the dates, had a problem with the shower. It was, he's like, yeah, so whoever stayed here last week had a problem. I go, okay, well, it's Wednesday. I, like I just booked it. Like you've had three days, two days, two, three days to deal with this. Um, you know, it got terse and, uh, long story short, uh, i Frankly, I had to get Airbnb involved. And in that case, they were great. I mean, they gave me my money back. They're like, yeah, this sounds like a bad situation. Sorry. And I had the money back within 24 hours. It's no big deal. But the point being, um, you know, I think the business model is that they'll deal with situations like that one that I had, as opposed to, you know, if somebody just leaves a review and says, oh, by the way, you're sharing this space or it's not completely as advertised, that's not the same as canceling or calling Airbnb or messaging Airbnb in the app and saying, uh, you know, I really have a problem with this. You know what I mean? So they'll let all those little sort of misdemeanors go. And, you know, it's not until something reach, reaches yeah. felony level, basically, for lack of, I'm using those words metaphorically. Um, to where they'll say like, oh yeah, you're right. You should get your money back, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but anyway, uh, I wanted to ask you though, your favorite Airbnb of the entire trip? Uh, I think Oklahoma City. You liked Oklahoma City? Well, the furnishings were incredible. It was something right out of a magazine. Uh, the bed was super comfortable. 
uh, they didn't over furnish it. So you could like walk around. Yeah. I didn't cook in the, in the kitchen. So, um, I don't know how the kitchen was stocked, but it was an extremely comfortable Airbnb. My favorite though, Airbnb of all time outside of this trip is Gig Harbor. Oh, uh, that was a great one. That Airbnb had a kitchen stocked for a gourmet chef. We were greeted with a basket of goodies when we walked when we walked in. Yeah. Um, the house looked like it had been designed by like a professional interior designer. The beds were comfy. The there was nothing left. You could see chance. the harbor from the kitchen window too. You could see the harbor from the kitchen window. The woman had an air fryer. She had a popcorn maker. I mean, there was, she had a waffle maker. Like there was nothing that you would want. And the hair products, the skin products, like for the showers were- The shower was amazing. The shower was one of those rain showers. I mean, um, that was the best Airbnb I've ever stayed in. Um, and boy, did we need it because it was our first venture out after the pandemic, yeah, so, during, during the pandemic. Yeah. So. so that was not on this adventure, but that was by far the That's best Airbnb I've ever stayed in. Um, I would say on this trip though, for me, it was Oklahoma City. What was it for you? Well, I agree with your all-time favorite because that was just such a, an incredible trip. And it was sort of the precursor to skipping town altogether. It really was. It was like the first test run and it was a great trip um, and a great Airbnb. Uh, mine, was mine, mine was actually New Braunfels um, because of the way it was decorated. It was super- oh, gosh, it was, it was so cool. It was cosmopolitan cowboy. It was just so just sweet on the inside. And they had that river in the back. I know. I didn't like the fact I had to go up and down the stairs. It was in a building. So for me, decorations are great. The river was in the back, but had it been a house, I would have thought it'd been up there. It wasn't my, it wasn't, uh, it was one of my tops, but it wasn't number one. It was maybe in the top 10. It was number one for me. Oh, I love the cool. way everything was done. Um, I thought they deserve to be super hosts. And I, I don't disagree that Oklahoma City was great. It was a great house, especially the Oklahoma yard. Oklahoma City was not a super host. I don't think. They were just a regular Airbnb rental. But yeah. was was New Braunfels I think super so, host? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There was no water. They had a couple properties. There was no water. What do you mean there was no water? There was no basket of goodies or water when we arrived. That's what I know. I don't care about this shit. I do. I, I don't. I mean, well, I want candy. Well, in that case, then the Corpus Christi Airbnb should be your top because they had all the amenities. They did. So that that would be number two, 100%. The only reason it wasn't number one, the only reason the space was small. That was it. It was just a tight space. That guy fits so much into that little space. It made it very convenient, but very hard to walk around. Like he had he had snacks. He had a little refrigerator. Yeah. He had a little coffee maker. He had a beautiful TV. He had a huge bedroom set in a little tiny room. Everything was there. You could want for nothing. He had the most amazing Aveda products. That's what I talked about a little while ago. Yeah. Um, but the space was so small, it made it very hard to walk, get around. So for me, that was not number one, but that was number two. Oh, okay. Well, my order is New Braunfels, Oklahoma City, and then Corpus Christi. So- Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So my order would be um the reason uh one of the reasons I thought New Braunfels was so good was because we had come from Roswell. Mm -hmm. We all know how that ended. And um we had gone to Abilene where we stayed in your corporate hotel. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say your corporate. I'm just everybody's yeah. average yeah, yeah, yeah. corporate hotel. Right. Wasn't your, we, you know, we made that decision together. Mm -hmm. Then we went to Waco and we stayed in that meh hotel. 
but we did a lot of cool things in the area. Mm-hmm. And then we went to New Braunfels and it was like, oh, like this place is like, we're back. You know, it just felt like, okay, like we're, we're back on track in terms of accommodation. So for me, it was like, it was visceral, like pulling all our stuff up there and staying. And you, I mean, you know, I'm not selling you. I, I totally can see why you picked Oklahoma City or whatever, but I, for me, it was great. It was a great area to drive around in. I looked at all all kinds of properties on yeah. Labor Day. Yeah, you you got to hang back at the yeah. at the For sure. Airbnb. I mean, just and I the would river say- was great. We had a little drink down by the river. It was cool. So that was. Um, but yeah. I, I'm just saying, all those things after those three previous places in was, terms of accommodations, sure. it was it was like it was a huge win. I agree with you on those three for sure. My order is different though. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't like the Airbnb we stayed in West Seattle. I didn't care for the Airbnb in Kentucky. I didn't care for the Airbnb, obviously in Roswell. Um, so, you know, and when we weren't staying in Airbnbs, we were staying in hotels. So I would say, um, and the Airbnb that we booked in Panama, we had to cancel cause we showed up and there were roaches. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I would say that my, my top three are, are the same as your top three. It's just a different order. So yeah. my first one was Oklahoma city. My second one was Corpus Christi. My third one was new Brownsville. Yeah. But as you just listed them off for the most part, I think we went four and four. I think like you're right. We're 500, counting Midvale, counting Utah, counting Salt Lake oh, City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't put Salt Lake City in the top three just because- No, um, but I'm saying in terms of like, we felt good about the Airbnb we were in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Four out of eight of them, you know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So going back, way back to episode one, we had such high hopes. We and did. We didn't exactly achieve them when it came we, to Airbnb. We did not. Airbnb- um, um, did a sturdy. Yeah, a little bit. Um, favorite hotel? Did you have one? Yeah, definitely. The St. Edwards. St. Edwards Lodge in Seattle. Uh, it, yeah, it was north like, of Seattle. Yeah, it was like being in the city without being in the city. We weren't even really in the city. Uh, it, it didn't feel like it. Okay. It was so removed. I know this is going to sound crazy because I never have, we, we haven't talked about it much. And when we did talk about it, we were both like poo-pooing it. But I have to say, I really liked the hotel in Vancouver. Not because of the aesthetics, but the location the was location amazing. Was so it, it t- the elevator took us right down into the farmer's market. Like it was attached to the yeah. open air market at the bottom and it was so easy to walk around and even driving over the bridge was easy. Just everything about it. So that really is like in my top five. No yeah. question about it. Wow. I mean- because the location was incredible. I could see that, yeah. I mean, it was man, a rundown they just, hotel. They need to clean those rooms and upgrade them and all that. It was that. a rundown hotel, but the location made up for it. So that would definitely be in my top five. Huh. Yeah. yeah. God, I forgot all about that. Um, yeah. Uh, my favorite hotel, I agree with you, is St. Edwards. Although for me, Art House in way back in Santa Rosa was a close number two. I've never been in a hotel room that size for 250 bucks. It was huge. There's no way. I mean, yeah. you, you could play racquetball in that place. Okay. So if right now you could go back to any of the Airbnbs we stayed in, where would you go? Airbnbs right now, if you could go back. I would go back to Oklahoma City. Okay. If you can go back to any hotel, which would it be? If I could go, I would be St. Edwards. No, okay. no, no, no doubt. Okay. Yeah. You? It's funny. You said- um, Oklahoma City, but New Braunfels was your number one. Uh, if I could go back right now, uh, I would be 
and it's no secret, like I really liked the surrounding areas of Oklahoma City. So I would go back to that Oklahoma City Airbnb and I would be searching for property every single day. Okay. But I'm talking more about like <laughs> if you're talking about just comfort in Airbnb, and aesthetics and all that. Would it I still would definitely be- go back to New Braunfels. Okay. It's still so my that's number, your number one. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Perfect. And for me, it would be, I think, Oklahoma City. All right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's my number one. So I would go back to it. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. So what was your overall takeaway? I mean, you did say that Airbnb, we had big high hopes and, you know, it, it did us dirty. How did you feel about the hotels? Did you feel like they were pretty consistent? Like, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah. I mean, I do feel like there were days where we got a little lazy and we just knew we could have a residence in nearby and like there, we were a little, true. we You're were right. a little road weary at times. And so, you know, like we said way back when on Leanne's podcast, when we were on it, you know, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. And I think there were a couple of stretches there where we had, we were a little punch drunk and we were like, you know, screw it. Just book the, you know, it is true. Cause I remember we were in a few cities and I said to you, Oh, why don't we stay at this cool hotel? And you're like, I don't, because this room is big and we know what we're getting. And I was like, that's true. And, yeah. But I, you're right. And the dog. I mean, honestly, if you're going to be an empty nester and travel the country- um, With a dog. Just, just know it's going to be a different wrinkle with a pet. And it's great that you're all together and everything, but it is it does limit your choices. Um, like I said, there were plenty of places that you know she and I could have stayed in, I don't know, some little trendy place in the middle of wherever. Uh, but if they don't take a pet, they don't take a pet. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're like, eh, we can rent this Airbnb for three fifty a night, or we could just go to the residence in for one seventy nine, and the room is super clean. It's got a kitchenette, and you know, I don't. We didn't do a lot of cooking, so like we keep bringing up co- kitchenettes. I we know. didn't do. Any of the cooking we said we were going to do. It's true. We did not. Very rare. We made like three meals the entire- I know. You know? It's true. Um, so. When we'll do an episode about food, because people have asked us a lot about food. Yeah. Um, but I want to just mention really quick. So early on in the trip, um, you know, it was very challenging with Roxy because she- just wasn't going to the bathroom. Like she knew she wasn't home. It wasn't, it's just, she's like, she's like any human. Like when yeah. you're on a vacation, you can't go. She thought she was on vacation and she just couldn't go. Truth. So, um, so it was very challenging. I remember I reached out to our friends, Mimi and Matt, who are big travelers and they take their dog everywhere with them. And I asked her, I said, Mimi, you know, we're really having a problem like with Roxy. Like, what do you do when you're on the road? And she said, well, you have to remember like, we have an RV and we park at like, you know, these like campsites with, that have, you know, rolling acres of grass. <laughs> Tons of nature yeah. for the dog to do their business. And she's like, so we don't have the same challenge. And she said, and if we go out on an adventure, Matt and I, we leave the air conditioner on and, you know, we leave the dog in the RV with the air, the dog's happy as can be because anytime we went on an adventure and we left the dog in the hotel room, we were always just praying, like praying, like there's not a big poo-poo when we get back. (laughs) And so, and you know, we got very lucky. There usually wasn't, but, um, it was always, always a worry. So with that being said, if you're going to be like us and you're going to do traveling with Airbnb or hotels and you're going to have a dog, like he said, It's going to be hard. You might want to consider the RV route. It wasn't for us. It's still not for us, despite having a dog and, you know, whatever uh, incidents or uh, issues we have with bringing along a dog. But um, uh, yeah, 
Mimi and Matt were onto something. I mean, the dog was in a place where it felt comfortable, recognized that this is our space. Yeah. Our dog didn't have that. Like the, for the first 12 days of our trip, she was so confused. Like mm -hmm, I know a doggy okay. who's been in her own yard for 12 years now all of a sudden is, you know, and so, but like 12 years. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, she is 12. We did. have Okay. We had the house longer, but you're right. She's 12. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, yeah. so ever since we got her and, uh, now all of a sudden, you know, um, she's in all these different spaces. She's an old lady, but she's, you know, she's here with us now. She made the trip. She's happy as a lark. I mean, <laughs> she is. So, um, uh, yeah. So this is our Airbnb versus hotel, um, edition. And, um, hopefully you found it helpful. I mean, we had, we learned a lot along the way, and I hope that we were able to share our misses and some of our hits with you. Yeah. The misses, especially it's like, uh, we told you early on that this trip was going to be equal parts inspiration and equal parts Pain. parable for Pain. you. You know, it's like, <laughs> we want you to learn from our mistakes. We hope we shared enough of them in this one, what not to do. Um, it could be said that, uh, I took a lot of misses in the Airbnb department just because I tend to do things last minute and I book on the fly. Um, I, won, I don't know. I, I don't, won some, I lost some, you know what I mean? Whatever. I didn't feel like you took a lot of, look, I think it's equal. Your, well, I'd, I'd say three out of our four misses were mine. So I think percentage I know, but wise. I had really bad fails in restaurants. And, you know, that's painful too. So it's fine. We didn't get bed bugs. So like, let's just, you know, keep it at that. And you only got watched once. Maybe twice. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe twice. But uh, so, yeah. So if you have any questions about where we stayed, the exact locations, if you're interested in staying, please email us, send us a message through Instagram. We're more than happy to share with you our exact locations of the Airbnbs and the hotels that we stayed in on our adventure. So um, yeah, I think uh, I think we covered everything. What yeah, think? I think so. And if we missed something, like she said, just let us know. Uh, you know where to find us. Uh, and uh, please, if you could, uh, when you are in search of a virtual mail service, uh, something to handle your mail while you're skipping town, uh, head on over to skiptownallstars.com forward slash anytime. Anytime mailbox is our first corporate Yay. affiliate partnership. Um, if you click through to that, you can find out all sorts of information about handling your mail. I love it. It's personally, it feels like, uh, you know, I have a personal assistant in my pocket. It hasn't been easy dealing with the red tape of, you know, three kids in three different states or the sale of a house or Agreed. the, you know, ensuing paperwork on literally everything legalese in our lives. Um, but anytime mailbox has been a godsend for me in that regard. It's they a constant and you know that you're going to get an email from them. Yeah. You're going to get, you know, contact and what you have in the mailbox and you don't have to worry about it at all. It's just like one less thing to worry about. It really is. They scan the uh, piece of mail that comes in every single time. So you could look at the envelope and you can decide what to do with it. You want to shred it, you want to recycle it, you want to forward it, or maybe you're just sort of curious and you're not so worried about privacy issues on that particular article of mail you can have them open it and scan it for you. So you, you can then, like I do, tell them to just throw it away. So uh, Anytime mailbox. Anytime mailbox it is. So uh, that wraps up this episode. Great topic. Nice work. Oh, thank you. All right. You can take us out. Empty nest. Full tank. 
Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. 